Today we are featuring a local support group called HEART from the Collingwood, Ontario area. If you would like your group featured on the podcast, please email me at podcast at canadahomeschools.com and we can set up an interview. Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. <laughs> In 400 meters. In 100 meters. Welcome. Joining me on the podcast today is Michelle Houghton, and we're going to be talking about homeschool groups. Michelle, what can you add to that introduction? Tell us about yourself, your family, and your homeschooling journey. Hi, Rowan. I'm glad to be a part of your podcast today. Um, our family is made up of nine children, and currently uh, the age range is from 30 down to 14 years old. Um, I've homeschooled all the kids to varying degrees, starting at kindergarten and a few going off to high school, a few being homeschooled all the way through, and currently I have just two left at home, a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old who are being homeschooled. Thanks. It's nice for us to get to know you better, and we're going to be talking about your homeschool support group. Now, I'm a little biased about this group because it's the group that I've been part of on my homeschooling journey, but can you tell us about your homeschool support group, Michelle? What's it called? Where are you located? How often do you meet? Our homeschool support group is Home Educators Area Resource Team, which we affectionately refer to as HEART because it's shorter and easier, <laughs> and it tells uh, about our heart for homeschooling. We meet uh, once a week on Thursday afternoons to help children um, experience activities that perhaps moms are not as able to or are fearful of doing on their own. Um, so it's a great way for kids to get together and make some other homeschooling friends. We also have an added component of once a month we have the homeschooling moms meet just for support and discussion and we usually do a book study and a few laughs and if we're experiencing joys or maybe some not so joyful moments in our journey, we can encourage one another that way. I know I always appreciated it when the other moms would teach things like chemistry in the periodic table. I was really happy to get the check mark for it but not actually have to do it, so that's great. What do you feel makes your group special or unique? I've been around to many homeschool groups and I've spoken at them and I still feel not just because it's my home homeschool group, but I still feel that this group is very special and unique. What do you think about that? I've heard from many people who have been part of our group and moved away that it really is a unique group. And I believe a big part of that is that we do have the support element for the moms once a month. That chance to really get together and know each other and to be a part of each other's lives in a special way through the connections made my, by parents. 
a big part of heart is treating the whole family. So it's a more holistic approach rather than just in an activity-centered group for kids, although that is a big part of who we are as well. I've noticed that a lot of parents will join a group if it has activities for the kids, but they don't always make a priority of getting that mutual support for the adults. Can you speak to that? We've had that happening in our group. Really, the people who are the most supported are the ones that stick with it longer, who get to try new things, and you really see their families blossoming when they're spending time together, and many of these families get together outside of the group as well. They create some real friendships and often some spin-off activities, like if you want to go to the zoo, you can get together with your friends and make it a whole homeschooling day without taking a whole entire group of 40, 50 kids along. So it's just a fantastic way for people to connect. And I would really encourage anybody thinking of joining a group to see if it has that component. So in terms of the heart group in the Collingwood area, what does someone have to do in order to become part of the group? There really isn't a lot to it. We do have a protocol written up that tells basically what our group believes and how we function. And we ask that people will read through the protocol and agree that they understand what we've uh, written out. Our group is Christian-based, but we don't exclude people who don't come from the same worldview. However, they just need to understand where we're coming from. So it's a pretty easy join. We ask people to come to the Saturday morning meetings so that they do get a chance to connect with other parents. And once they've shown up there a couple of times, they can connect with the kids' activities as well. That's so great. And if you're thinking of starting a homeschool group or you're part of a homeschool group, Michelle does make a very good point that to have the expectations and the protocol very clear right from the beginning, it saves interpersonal problems if people are coming into a group with expectations that aren't uh, realistic or appropriate for the group or wanting the group to be something that it isn't. It's a really great way to just make sure the communication is clear from the beginning. Even if I remember correctly, there are things about, you know, if your child is misbehaving, how, you know, who gets to talk to your child about that and different things like that so that any issues that may come up, there's a way to resolve them and that really can help prevent problems. So think about that in your homeschool group. If you don't already have some kind of protocol, that might be something to to consider. So what is some advice that you would give someone who was considering organizing a homeschool group? Probably the first thing I would say is don't do it alone. (laughs) Get together with a couple of like-minded moms, uh, which is how we started our group 25 years ago, actually. And we decided that we would start simply. We simply met once a month, just as the moms. And we probably did that for several years. Soon branched off into field trips. Somebody would want to organize something. And eventually, it led to uh, weekly activities from, let's see, when do we start? October until the end of May. And we have a variety night now. And yes, we still do field trips. But it would be not expecting a Boeing 747 when you're kind of at the uh, Orville and Wilbur stage of, of getting things set up. That's what I would say. So build up to it gradually is what I'm hearing there. Another thing that you may not think of when you're organizing a group is that whenever you're doing activities and excursions, there is an insurance factor involved in many cases. Can you talk about how in the heart group, how that is looked after? 
in our group, uh, the church we meet at has taken us on as a ministry of the church, so we are covered by the church insurance. I believe that if you find yourself outside of that case, you can go through OCHEC, which is Ontario Christian Home Educators Connection, if you're in Ontario, obviously, and you can buy group insurance that way. I'm not sure if HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, which is available throughout Canada, has an option for that as well, just to make sure everybody's covered. Thank you. That's good advice. I'll look into some of those things and post some links on the show notes for this page just so we can clarify some of that. Uh, But I know our family has really appreciated that church opening up their doors to us and covering us as a ministry under their insurance. So thanks for that. What can be some of the challenges of running a homeschool group? Well, as in everything, it's people. <laughs> However, we have great people in our group. One, some of the challenges are putting too much emphasis on one person running things. So in our group, we have a four-person executive where responsibilities are divided up, and it isn't just one person putting on the whole show, so to speak. Making sure that everybody is on the same page was important to us. So again, we have wrote up a protocol to make people Uh, aware of what the expectations were and how we would be running things. Then it's just the weekly challenges of making sure that classes are ready and people's technology is there, uh, things like that. And yes, we do have behavioral problems occasionally. And uh, I have to say that our homeschool group has been great at handling those in a gracious way. Thank you. Yes, I would say that the leadership team of this group is exceptional and um, and they run a really good group. So I've been honored to be a part of that. What do you believe are the benefits of being part of a local support network? I think nowadays it's very common for us to just get on a Facebook group, which is excellent. But what are some advantages of being part of a local support network of homeschoolers? One of the big advantages of being a part of a local support network is that it is local. You get to find out what things are happening in your community. You meet people face to face. Your children make friends that will last a lifetime. And frankly, you will probably as well. It's so important for us to get together and work together and create activities together and memories together that you just can't get online. Thank you. I agree with that. And I would say that some of my best friends still are those that I have met at homeschool group. So how can someone contact Heart if they're interested in in being part of the group? Probably the best way is to get your pen and paper out right this minute (laughs) and uh, take down my email address, which is NottawaShell, N-O-T-T-A-W-A-C-H-E-L-L-E at gmail.com. Thanks. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. So if someone is listening while they're driving, they can check up on it and uh, uh, get it at an appropriate time. Okay, Michelle, are you ready for the home stretch? The home stretch is something I do at the end of each podcast where I ask questions about your best and worst homeschool moments and things like that because I think it offers value to those listening. Um, There's always some good advice in there, some good wisdom. At the very least, they'll know they're not alone. So that's what the home stretch is. So are you ready for the home stretch? Yes, definitely. What has been your worst homeschooling moment? My worst homeschooling moment has been me forgetting why I'm doing this and 
really basically having a pity party and a meltdown with lots of little children running around. I hate to admit that. I'm kind of ashamed of those moments. They do happen, but gaining perspective is so important in overcoming those moments. Thanks for sharing that so authentically. And I would say that is pretty much everyone's worst homeschool moment, especially when we're so overwhelmed. And, uh, and just losing sight of the big picture for sure. What has been your best homeschool moment? And if you can't narrow it down to one, that's okay. One of the best things uh, that gives me the most joy in our homeschooling experience has been daily sitting down and we start our day with a devotion, prayer, and then a good book. And I have read aloud to my kids from very early on and even in high school I continue to share good literature with them and those have created some really great family memories and times. That's so great. Yes, I love morning time for sure. If you could go back and do some things differently, what would you change in your homeschool? I believe if I could go back in time, I would definitely change how stressed out I was over whether my kids were going to turn out okay or not and just realize the true gift they really are in each of their unique personalities and that each of them is going to grow at different rates and that's completely all right. I found I worried too much about curriculum rather than just life in a family and learning at their own pace in their own way and taking hold of those teachable moments and really running with them. So true. I can so relate to that. What is one resource that you would recommend and why? And I think over the years of your homeschooling, I think you could have maybe more than one and that's okay too. A book I read fairly recently that we actually studied in our homeschool group was called Teaching from Rest. It is an amazing book. It's not a big book. First, I kind of balked at the price of it. I think it was like $17, which really isn't that expensive. But the amount of wisdom that this lady, and I wish I could remember the author's name, has packed into each page, would I would pay three times that amount for that book now. And it's definitely on my read again every year list. And uh, some of us older moms who have been around a while, when we were reading it, kept saying, where was this book when we started? Thanks. Yes, that's a good one. And we will have a link to getting that book on the show notes as well. I do recommend that one too. It just even the concept of homeschooling out of a place of rest instead of a place of worry and fear and stress. It's just even the title itself is helpful. Thank you. What advice would you give someone just starting homeschooling other than getting that book? <laughs> I think I would just say take a deep breath. Start looking things up online to get a handle on some various approaches to home education. It can be so overwhelming when you go to a conference or you look up homeschooling curriculum and you realize the plethora of stuff out there for you. So really getting a basis and a grounding on what really grabs you and your family, you and your husband together, what kind of approach do you see as being the most wonderful in your home? And then just narrow things down from there and go with that. That's great advice. I think, you know, when we started two decades ago, there wasn't a lot out there about different approaches to homeschooling. We only really knew 
basically what we learned in our public education and then tried to apply that to homeschool, which is a big mistake. And we didn't like I didn't know what Charlotte Mason was. I didn't know <laughs> what classical home. So, you know, it's been fun trying to look back and put a label on what I actually did because we didn't know all of those different styles. And so, yes, find a style that resonates with you and then don't overcomplicate everything. That's very good advice. In April, we will be having some episodes that talk about um, even just how to handle a homes- your first homeschool convention and not be overwhelmed by everything there. So that's something that you can check out and we'll have a link in the show notes for that as well. If you could leave the listeners, Michelle, with a word of encouragement, what would you say? Don't give up. You've got this. God can help you through. You will see beautiful and amazing results from daily just building line on line, precept upon precept, little drops of water at a time make a big ocean. Just keep going and totally enjoy your family and love them. That's really the perfect environment for learning. So if you can just keep it simple, but keep plugging away and don't lose the forest for the trees, I think you'll do really well. Thank you so much for that. That's very encouraging. And I want to tell you that I do appreciate you taking the time today to be on the podcast and sharing your wisdom. Happy homeschooling, Canada. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!